That's our new intro. Really? That reminds me of the song. I think I found myself a cheerleader. She's always right there when I need her. Ooh, I think I found myself a cheerleader. You know that song? No. It starts off as... Normally, I think you're a really good singer, but I can't tell what song that is. Since when have you ever called me a good singer? Just now. (laughs) Yeah, for real. (laughs) Welcome to Hot Marriage Cool Parents, where we are not very hot and not very cool. Yes, we are. (laughs) We are trying, though. No, it's it's a name to strive for. Hot Marriage Cool Parents, that's right. If you put the positive vibes out into the universe, they come to you. Yes, If if we said we're hot and we're cool... Um, I think people would not believe us and I don't think anybody can be fully 100% hot and cool. Yeah. That's like lukewarm and who wants to be lukewarm? No one wants to be lukewarm. No, but we want to be hot in our marriage and cool as parents. That's the goal. Always something to strive for. Yes. Uh, and I think that that was really the whole main focus of our most recent trip with family made to Nashville was I was, uh, really, impressed and for anybody that that hasn't heard or if you don't follow us on social media um or even the podcast if this is your first time we're part of a group um that was created by sean johnson and andrew east um one of the coolest married couples that i've ever met the most gracious and humble and down to earth and extremely hardworking, but their moral and central family core values are just like it's just so genuine. Yeah, it really is. And they've created this network of of family made type content. It's Hence real, the name Family yeah, Made exactly. Network. <laughs> you know, real parents talking about real challenges and real issues, and you're getting just the raw side of it. And it's one of the only networks that I could think of that has that central focus where yeah. parents have an outlet to go to to say, um, I'm screaming at my kid at night or I'm so frustrated trying to get my kid to do their homework or read a book or go to sleep. And, you know, it's stories from real parents, but also from experts and authors. And yeah. it's just a whole mix. And it was a really great yeah, trip. No, it was really cool because we've been a bit, you know, when you work remote like this, like we work in our house for like literally like 90% of our work. This is all set up. <laughs> This yeah. is a, this is our stage. This is our this, and if this is our stage, we have a lot. If for those of you watching on YouTube, if you're listening in the podcast, then you I'll just explain it to you. We have like a <laughs> bookshelf, I think, that we put some knickknacks it's on. It's a built-in bookshelf. A, this was the office space, obviously. This is our office, and we're, right now it's storage. And it's we're, oh my gosh, if I could show you the behind the scenes, I'm looking at a Paw Patrol box that we let our kids we put in like. You know, we take them to the dollar store and let them pick out some things. And if they sleep in their bed all night, they get to go to this beautiful <laughs> Paw Patrol box and pick out one of the dollar store goodies because yeah. we, we ran out of the Paw Patrol goodies. And now they don't want goodies. They just want candy. Yeah, which I'm like, well, that's way cheaper, but way too much sugar. I so tried to make it a bookshelf. I mean, there are books here. But yeah, no, we we're, we have a makeshift like at home, you know, remote Studio type. apartment. 
No, Doug, it's not a studio apartment. It's but we have this office that's makeshift. And the point of the story is that we don't get to inter interact with other professionals very often. We don't right. see we don't work at like a nine to five where we get to go see people. And a little bit of that it's kind of isolating when you do this type of work, I guess. So we have the podcast and we have social media and Doug is adjusting all this audio stuff and I can hear myself clearer now. So yeah, I'm sure much better. Yeah. So thanks for that, Doug. Um, but it, it's like it was a little intimidating for me to be very honest to go to to the Nashville where all these people know each other. It seems like they, a lot of people already live there. They already have friendships with each other and they already know each other. They work you know, alongside each other because they get to see each other. And I'm like, yeah. we don't have any of that. Like, so we are just mm -hmm. kind of like the oddballs. I felt like the oddball going in. But not really. I mean, the some of the people that they had that came uh, are from different parts of the country. Yeah, but they had already um, like worked together. Like I the Willardsons had already met everyone. The yeah. Like the Millers live there. I felt like everybody already knew each other except Doug and I, which, you know, like we didn't know. We well, never and met the, and the Gibsons, right? Um. I don't know. See, and I barely even had a chance to talk to them, the Gibsons. Oh, um, yeah. I was I was talking, that, and we had uh, the Gibsons on a few episodes ago. And yeah. So anyways, I, I tend to get like that a little bit like insecure and shy and like feel like I'm, I don't belong, I guess, <laughs> like in situations like that where people already know each other and they're already friends. And then I just, I feel like it's weird. Like I just walk in and I'm like trying to insert myself into this, this, setting I guess and so I felt really awkward and uncomfortable and also not for nothing you didn't, you didn't seem awkward and oh, uncomfortable thank you. that makes me feel so much better I really no, I, I mean you you gravitated towards a, a couple people yeah um, you know Maddie Jackson had just been on our podcast and um yeah and she's awesome she's really amazing and she's so easy to just be around like she's just as cool like she's just in like honestly her energy like I had no idea it was going to yeah. be like that you know but when and I Jamie her, didn't find out that her dad was Alan Jack or is Alan Jackson was Alan Jackson is Alan Jackson uh, who like apparently calling, is a good country singer. Oh come on, that's like me saying to saying about Sean. She was an Olympic Olympic medalist, and yeah. you're like, well, actually, no, she still is. Like once a medal. Yeah. Okay, I am an awkward once a person. gymnast, always a gymnast. But no, I mean, I yeah, and I did know that her dad was Alan Jackson, and I still was cool, so that's good. Yeah. No, um, she's just so like I don't know. She just was. She's very easy to talk to, and yeah. actually, honestly, all of them were. And that's the whole point of the story is that I was very intimidated going into there and thinking I was like the outsider kind of going in. And Doug, I feel like you're closer to Andrew. Like I don't really talk to Sean too often, but you were very yeah. close to Andrew and talked to him all the time. And so I know you like you know you were you were like having the best time and I'm like, Oh my gosh, do, like, I don't know why I get like that. I feel like I don't belong sometimes. And I'm like, yeah. I don't like, they all have friendships and I'm just sitting here like, hello. Like it didn't, I see. I, it, it didn't seem like it, but it, it is, it's, um, it, it was a weird sort of uh, setup, but I'm, I'm really happy that they did it this way. So oh no, me too. It and was a family made event. Uh, which was kind of like a full day, almost like a seminar in a uh, in the Woolworth Theater in downtown Nashville. But the night before, um, Andrew and Sean opened up their house to a game night uh, and to have everybody over. Uh, I th which really I feel like was that that was the purpose for anybody that hasn't met the team, hasn't met the the people that they've been talking through through email or the other uh, content creators in family made it was a way for us to get together kind of dressed down it wasn't you know like oh we're gonna just meet each other on stage no it was a way to hang out and 
Um, which what is an unbelievable. Yeah, house. which is honestly and, so kind because yes. if you think about it, you know, family made network in general. So everyone from the family made network, they're putting on their very first live event. And so Sean and Andrew obviously like are the creators of this. And so they then. And Sean Johnson's a big deal. Yeah, she's a big deal. Like, a, I mean, that's a whole nother level yeah, of. But on top of that. Metal. Oh yeah, she's a big deal. And on top of that, she's like super Olympian. pregnant. On top of that, she opens her home to all these strangers. And on top of that, she's like creating and hosting this yeah. whole live event for the very first time the next day. I'm like, and wow. it was nice to see that they divide and conquer, putting their kids to bed. Yeah, I mean they were st- and they so, were still putting their yeah. kids to bed. Sean, you know, that Sean same night. put her daughter to bed, and Andrew put his son to bed. Yeah, no, it's which is exactly what we do. So yeah. literally the same exact. And I thing. mean the front door was wide open. Yeah, uh, they had a. Um, they had a hat truck in the front, yeah, which and then was we, amazing. We got some permanent jewelry. Doug and I match. So, oh, and Andrew, if you're not familiar with Andrew East, um, he was one of the greatest long snappers that ever lived. So we probably sound like their biggest fans right now yes. because we're just talking on and on about it. But honestly, I was just so blown away by how humble and generous and hardworking and driven and mm. also like organized. I mean, we, Doug and I, it's hard to organize your own team of of people like working with you. It was eye-opening. And they really have their ducks in a row with their team. Their team members are incredible. I think I've told them like so many times, I'm like, wow, yeah. you guys are really doing it. I mean, it's not easy, but, and they all seem to have so much fun together yeah and i'm well, like yeah, i mean part of it though and we get this a lot on social media and especially you people people still aren't coming around i think to the idea of influencer at, and content creator as an actual job, job. yeah people are and, like what do you do and yeah. i'm like what do you mean what do i do you know especially <laughs> when we first got married and and when you started to get deals um, you know, and, and representing different companies and products. It was just like, people just look at it and be like, oh, well, you're just taking a picture. You're just doing a 10 second yeah, video, remember, a 30 second video. And well, what are you doing with the rest of your time? Yeah. So I remember, at, you know, I was working at the hospital still and Henley was a baby. And one of my nurse friends said that she followed, I can't remember what family it was on YouTube. And she said, oh my God, and they got a mattress for free and all they had to do was post a video. And I was like, well, first of all, they probably vetted that mattress company to make sure that they genuinely want to work with that mattress company. So that takes time and effort and work. And it's not like, you know, I mean, it's one thing if it's like, Gerber and you know that everyone know like knows and trusts Gerber. Yeah. And so that's an easier collaboration to work with. But some of these mom and pop shops or smaller businesses, it takes time to vet them to make sure that like this is something that you want to, you know, you want to not only put your name behind that you support it, but you want to make sure that anybody who you love that follows you, yeah. which is hopefully everybody, like I love everybody who follows me and you want to make sure that they're getting like they're a good bang for their buck. A good deal you want to make sure that yeah. the brand is, it is one of the hardest jobs to be a quote unquote influencer in the sense that you want to make sure that the brand is so happy with what you're producing, but you also want to make sure that all of your followers are too, that you're not leading anyone astray, that the brand yeah. really is that good. And so you're vetting, at least this is what I do anyways. I vet hardcore. I don't just accept any, you know, any Joe Schmo that wants to work with me. And so it's it's honestly a lot more work than just throwing up a picture. Yeah. And I think it's more accepted now, but I, I can't tell you how many, how many direct messages I get 
for people telling me to get a job and calling me lazy because I don't have a, a career type job like people are used to. It's just so, it's so yeah. strange, you know, like you would never reach out to a stay at home mom and granted, I'm not just to stay at home dad. Like we, right. we do a lot of things, but, but even you would if you never were. reach out to a stay at home mom and call her lazy yeah, that's because she doesn't have true. a job, you know? And, and it's just, I think it's, starting to become more accepted um, and people are starting to realize or, you know, and if you think about it, just like if you were to see a commercial on TV, you know, those people are representing different brands. But it's putting actually, out a commercial. And I feel like it's, it's so much more than that because it's, I would say it's more than it's that. It's so personal. Yes. And because the influencer and the, the creator that you're reaching out to, they're, they're putting their, following on the line like their whole their whole being like you know people you know, that are trusting you and yeah. trusting everything and yes there are people that don't want to see all of that type of stuff all the time you know because people started following us when we when we got married but it's just it was it was nice to be in a room full of content creators and content and people creators. who do what we do and you don't get you don't get to vent like that all the time where yeah. you can talk about your profession in a way where it's where you're relating to the person. Well, Cause honestly, it's not a very relatable profession. Like how many people do you know that do what we do? And like when I was a nurse, I feel like it was very relatable. It was very instantaneously rewarding. It wasn't like widely known, like it wasn't like videoed or whatever. But when I was at the bedside as a nurse, it was my colleagues and that patient and that newborn baby, because I was a labor and delivery nurse and like the husband. And but it, you could even jive with anybody that's in the healthcare profession. Oh yeah, totally. You know, like, and like when you're now we've kind of stepped into this different role where we're considered quote unquote content creators, which I'm like, I don't even know if I consider myself that, but I guess I am, or we're considered quote unquote influencers. And I'm like, really, I'm just the same nurse at the, at my core. I am a nurse hundred percent that really didn't want to be stuck in a hospital, like in between the walls of the hospital for 12 hours. Cause I, what I really did want was to be a stay at home mom. And unfortunately neither of us were born with like a golden spoon or like any well, nest egg. I, I wouldn't say that you, you want it. So no, um, I really genuinely, if no, I, I, I get it. But what I want to say is your, you built up a thought like you are so genuine when you call your following friends. You know, I really like, do love my friends. You, you, you've always said your dream is to be uh, a host or, you know, to, to sort of, um, give advice and things like, like you're doing that and you've built your following off Aww. of that. Like you are so inspirational to Aww. so many women out there. Like anytime really? someone sees you on the street, you know, like, I don't think you've ever gave anybody an attitude that's that's come up to no, you no matter no what way. but i can't tell you how many times throughout even when we first got together how many times people say thank you for talking about this yeah. thank you for showing a real body thank you for um breaking this stigma like you are doing it and Aww. you are not just an influencer i don't want and to i don't be... want to because i i, I don't want to give you that label there ben there's nothing wrong with that because there are people you know there it's like the Yelp influencers where you're just representing businesses and saying, you know, I like this business because you, you built your following and the foundation of your following is women that respect your opinion and love you for you and your realness and your raw and your just unfiltered vulnerability is just, it's amazing. And 
I don't feel like it's right to call you just an influencer because you you're helping so many people. Oh, well that really makes me feel so much better because I feel like the one thing that I wanted was to be a stay at home mom. And, um, like, like when I was a kid, when I, if I could envision my life, I wanted to like in, in a perfect world, I would be with a man who didn't cheat on me, abuse me or like steal from me. Cause that's kind of the guys that I saw, the relationships I saw growing up. And I up. would never cheat on you or beat you. Oh, thank you. I just steal. <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> um, but, uh, <laughs> So I, but I was like, if I got to choose, I would get married because I knew it was a sin to have sex before because I used to go to church a lot. Um, yeah, know, we waited till we got married. So I'd get married, you know, get pregnant, have a baby. And then I, I was like, I'm going to divorce the guy because he's not going to do all these things to me. And then, but like, I wanted to be a stay at home mom simultaneously. And I'm like, how can I make this work? <laughs> and then, you know, obviously you grow up in the real world and I was is working as a nurse and I you know, when you're, God bless the nurses, all the healthcare professionals, really, like they, the, the hours are so long. And when you're in that hospital, like you're not, you can't leave. Like you have people, people's lives, like lives yeah. depending on you. When they talk about essential workers, like healthcare they are, are essential workers. Like the most essential in my opinion. But, um, so, you know, the fact that when we started doing like more TV and more quote unquote influencing and content creation, uh, I was like, this could be my, I mean, we, like I said, we weren't born with any sort of nest egg. So it's not like either one of us could kind of rely on having a little bit of help in that way. And so we, I was like, if I could got, if I got to choose, if I could work from home and be with my children, that's like the next best thing. Yeah. And so without knowing that it's the most difficult thing in yeah, the world for real. to try to get anything I'm done like, with oh, kids yeah. in the house. When they nap, I'll just go ahead and do this. And like, yeah. no, no, it does not work. Like you can't, it's like, and that's the thing though, that I've learned and it's taken me, Henley's six. So it's taken me probably took me a good five years to realize that you really have to differentiate, like, especially for those of you who now work remote at home and you're like, oh, I can just like have the baby bounce in the bouncer while I'm shooting off some emails. It never works like that. Like, I don't know. I mean, you, we really, tried. you really think that it can, but it doesn't. And so I, I would give online demos simultaneously trying to get Hendrix to not cry while I'm on the phone Yeah, during COVID. Basically impossible. But the point of the matter is, is a lot of people ask me, like, are you ever going to go back to work as a nurse? And the truth of the matter is, is I would love to, except I would like to do it on my own terms where I'm not like tied down to a hospital um, yeah, or I, like just, and, I, and, and like right now, where I'm at with my children, like I want to be the most present I can be. And so sure I can't, when I once thought I could work while just like popping them, like in the baby in the bouncer seat or like while the baby's napping, of course my kids now aren't babies. Like they're, it's a toddler and a little girl. And so that definitely doesn't work. But, um, I also realized that that that's also impossible, but the, the, the freedom, the flexibility of being able to be a podcaster and a YouTuber and still, you know, working with married at first sight, like we fly out at the time that we're recording this, we are still, we're, you know, we fly out tomorrow. So yeah. we're recording this episode early so that we can get some other work done. I mean, we do feel blessed and I know that this is a different world. It's not relatable at all. Whereas, you know, if I was a stay at home mom, I feel like that's far more relatable. Or if I was a, you know, working as a nurse again, that's far more relatable. But for us, um, this is what's working for our family. Like I feel blessed yeah. that I get to be like a garden mom. And so I can arrange my schedule in a way that I can go to Henley school every week and help her with her class with the garden, or I can be at field trips. And, you know, when you're working 
like a nine to five type job, whether it's nursing or whatever, you just don't have that type of flexibility. And so we're like beyond blessed and I'm very, very thankful for that. And I feel like, um, you know, if I couldn't be a stay at home mom, this is the next best thing. Yeah. And, um, so it was, it was nice to be around, um, a bunch of other people who yeah. have very unrelated, like unrelatable type work, yes. you know, like and, we kind of related with them, which was nice. And so, um, when we, when we got to their house, uh, we got there with the Willardsons and we had the Willardsons on the podcast. Such great people. Amazing. By like, the way. you know, two of my favorite connections yeah. that oh, we, we made. Just um, love them instantly. Yeah. And so we, get to the game night and I'm sitting there thinking like, okay, um, I, I want to take this serious. I want to give a good run at any of the games oh, that we Doug play. Doug is so competitive. He's like, we have to win every like, single we, game. We have to, and we're going to. And so the first game that they decided Meanwhile, to play, I'm just like, oh my gosh, like look at all these people. I don't know any of them. And they're all friends with each other. Yeah. And so the first game that I, that they announced that they're going to play is spoons. I've never heard of spoons. I Neither love I. spooning. I've never heard of the game. Yeah. And um, so I had to look it up, um, which was a really fun game. And it turns out that, uh, yeah, I was, uh, next thing I knew, I was on the floor wrestling for a plastic spoon with, with Alan Jackson. Jackson's daughter, Maddie. Yep. Um, and it, I was really trying and we broke the spoon and she got the bigger half. It was kind of like one of those wishbones so where she got the won. bigger piece and won. And, um, I was left to get a, uh, a bracelet. Yeah. So we got matching bracelets. Yeah. Um, and speaking of that, so that was the night before, you know, the family made event. And then at the family made event, um, Doug's addiction was kind of brought up and yeah. we talked about it and it was just an interesting question. And so, yeah, so it was, so the, the way that it was, the way that the whole event was set up, they had, um, an author, they had a child psychologist that was on. So we were the last panel and it was kind of like a parents type of panel. Um, Joey Odom, uh, who was fantastic. I, mm-hmm. I never knew of him or heard of him until the event. And when I say like everybody just felt, it felt like we were all yeah. friends like mm-hmm. right away, but we were on with the Millers, the Willardsons, um, the Neras, um, and then it was also us. And so each couple took different questions. The Willardsons are, are raising two girls that, uh, that are, that have disabilities, um, and special needs. The Millers, uh, have adopted that yeah. they have like a hundred kids, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, and, um, same thing with the Neras. Um, he yeah. was, he was on what? He was on the voice, I think, yeah, right? He was on the voice. Um, and so it was just, it was nice to get to speak in front of a live audience of yeah, people. I've really kind of dreamed of being able to, so the thing with nursing that I loved is that I was able to help people and it was so rewarding. And there's a, such a disconnect with um, Instagram. I talk about all the time, which is why we have the podcast. Cause I feel like the podcast is a little bit less of a disconnect, but it's still a disconnect, you know, in the sense that we're here and you're there and listening in your earbuds or watching us on YouTube and Um, there's something about being live with people that I'm really like gravitating towards that I really want, like having that sense of community. And so when you say like, I built up my community, I mean, I guess I have. And, and when I see you on the streets and you stop me and you're like, Jamie, and you want to hug, like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like, wow, like you really exist, you know, like almost like, I feel like they think the same thing for me. I think the same thing of you when you approach me. Cause I'm like, Oh wow. Like I, you're a friend and I <laughs> like, yeah, it, it feels so good. And so that the nicest thing about live speaking engagements is that like 
you listening right now and your earbuds or on if you're watching on YouTube, it's like for me, you really exist, you know? And so when you comment or you DM and you write to me, that feels like you exist and it's so nice to have that. But like to be able to see you face to face, like that feels so good in my heart. And then to know that I'm doing something or saying something that either inspires you or helps you. I mean, that right there is my, I feel like that's my life's purpose. Like that's like my, I do too. it just makes I me feel like feel, that's your calling. Yeah. Like ever since nursing and like being able to help someone and being able that the most rewarding thing is just knowing like at the end of your shift that you, I mean, you can, you can see, you just know that you help people and switching over to this like online thing. It's a little more difficult because it's not like you can see it really. And then yeah, there's no coworkers. There's yeah. <laughs> and like, I don't get, I mean, when you comment and you DM and you write the five star reviews, like truly it means the whole world to us. Cause that's how we know that we really are like yeah. connecting with you. And speaking of five star reviews, oh, yeah, PR girl 47 writes relatable. Love this for anyone who maintains a relationship while raising kids. Such a fun show. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah. PR, PR girl. girl. Yeah, no, truly. Like, I'm, I'm glad you think we're relatable. Although, yeah. you know, like I said earlier, we're a part of, like when I was a nurse and Doug was in sales and we were just kind of like that normal nine to five type people. We were a bit Still more, wasn't nine to five. No, that really wasn't nine to five. I was working night shift and that was just <laughs> something. I was a zombie, but uh, God bless all the night shift workers because it is hard. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, no, it, it means a lot. And so I'm really kind of trying, I'm like praying right now about like, what is my next chapter in life and how can I help more people and also like feel that, like that sense of um, I guess like reward really is the best word. Like, well, I, I think that, and I'm not a, a overly religious person at all. I mean, we really started going to church um, or I, I started going and paying attention more at church, I should say. Um, but one thing that I have learned is the value in serving. Yes. And I feel like good things come to people that serve others. I agree. And that made me think of you. Oh, geez, Doug. Thanks. Yeah. That's like the sweetest, like the nicest compliment ever. Yeah. So um, anyway, it's so all that to say, we really enjoyed our very first speaking event and mm-hmm. we're so excited because we obviously work closely with Family Made Network. So we yes. asked if we could share our snippets from- Yeah, our segment and questions. Yeah, and yeah. It should be fun. So we, um, the event was in Nashville and people came from all over the place. Like there was not- the majority of the crowd was not from Nashville. Yeah. And they were actually, from all over. Shout out to Diana, my, and if you've listened to the podcast or followed along, then you know that Diana is my sister from another mister, like best friend, like former assistant. She worked with us for, I would say probably eight years before. And then she got pregnant, which I'm so happy mm. for her. We got to meet her baby. Yeah, she just they, had her they baby. Made the trip up. And she drove three hours to come to that event. And that yeah, was really cool. She's just such a gem of a human. And I really miss working with her. And I love her so much. And But then we also got to meet many of you. Like we met Ashton, this woman from who she had like also a six week old. And she was, <laughs> I was like, oh, you know, and then she like, she tagged me in her picture. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's just so nice to who meet you Who was it? Molly? Was, was it Molly, the other one that we met? met? Yeah, I think so. What's his face? His mom that came in? Oh, she was Melody. Melody. Yeah, Melody. that's, uh, yeah, Melody was awesome. Shout out to you, Melody, <laughs> if you're listening to, yeah. to the episode. But what I was going to say was um, not everybody would have had the chance to see it. So this is going to be the first time 
that anybody will really be able yeah. to hear it other than if you were at the if event. If you were at the event. So without further ado, we're going to pop in the audio from our live speak our very first live speaking event from Nashville. Yes. And I hope you enjoy it. And you should be able to tell which one's Jamie and which one's Doug speaking. Doug. <laughs> speak to yourself. Speak about yourself in the third person. <laughs> always wanted to do that love is a choice and it's not always pretty it's not always you know fun and games but if you choose to be there with that person day in and day out and you know that they're choosing that too then you've won the lottery of life we were able to choose whether we wanted to stay together or get a divorce um you know and and we chose to stay together and every day we choose to stay Mm. together um you know one of the things that really saved our marriage was therapy. Mm. Um, There was always a stigma around therapy. Um, You know, and I was never one to share my emotions whatsoever, share anything about it. I was the oldest child. I was a captain of every sports team I've ever played on. Sharing my emotions and admitting my faults and all that was just not in my DNA. Uh, Until I met someone that openly talks about her flaws and, and, you know, mental health and everything. And it's just... Getting all of that out takes such a weight off of you. Like, you have no idea when you trust the person that, that you're with wholeheartedly. And I feel like if there's one thing you can do to help, like, free yourself and live more fully in life, it's to share these skeletons in your closet or these demons that you're hiding. Because when you let that out, well, first of all, you're going to find your tribe. You're going to find other people who have gone through very similar experiences and they're going to be there to support you because they're looking for that same support. Those were some great questions, I thought. But I also yeah. was a little kind of taken aback because I didn't want to speak about your addiction necessarily. Like, yeah, because well, that was, to that's take you? you behind the scenes, um, while we were on stage, it was kind of like a smoky sort of theater where you're looking out and you're seeing faces, but there was lights. And then there was a big... TV screen up there where Sean and Andrew, like they were using that for different notes and talking points. And which I never really saw that TV. No one told me there's a TV there that said to like pay attention to and and it would say, wrap it up girl. You're talking too long. So Jamie and Shannon Willardson were on the same couch and I was on when there was um, me and Chase Willardson were kind of sitting behind our wives on like stool type of chairs um, and I'm looking out to the audience and I just see a big flashing red um, light flashing on the TV saying, wrap it up, wrap it up. And this is usually when Jamie says, long story short. And then my story gets longer. It longer. <laughs> um, but so it, true. Yeah. I mean, that was other than other than the podcast, that was the first time I think that I've ever spoken in public yeah. about oh, well, you've never addiction. talked about it publicly like ever. publicly or even you know like not many times privately like that uh, so um, how did you feel about that and so the biggest thing i was trying to get to which of course i wasn't i guess i wasn't i don't think you got to it i did not get to it i didn't yeah. i wasn't expecting that and that that they asked me about it and so i'm like I think what I was trying to say in that very long winded answer was essentially none of us are perfect. And, you know, he, if I had known 
you know, in the beginning of our marriage about this, I, we wouldn't be married right now, which is such a shame, obviously considering like, I feel like we are soulmates and meant to be together. And I feel like there's a reason that you waited. And instead of me just being bitter and angry, which I could have easily done. Yeah. And it would have been justified. Yeah. Instead of that, I wanted to take, I mean, I did, I took a step back and I thought about it and I'm like, but you know, of course you wouldn't tell me because you knew about what with my mom and, and you knew what my deal breaker was. And I mean, who's, no one's proud of that anyways. And so you never even felt safe. It it ruined two other relationships that That I had. had. Yeah. And so even because I was, even because I was sober. And so I feel like anyone who, um, I guess just looks on the outside, it's probably odd that I guess that I had, I mean, I did have a reaction, but I guess I was very accepted. It's like, wow, I feel like Jesus did a lot of work in me. Like, because I really did just accept you. And I kind of, I could actually see from your shoes rather than my own shoes of, and so it was very easy for me to be like, instead of thinking he's held this from me from all, for all these years. And I shared everything with him. I was able to be like, wait a minute. He finally feels safe enough with me. Your reaction with me. It, it it's weird because your reaction um, and like sort of just graciousness and accepting makes it easier to talk to people about because you don't get that reaction. You know, I think there's a lot of hesitation and um, especially for me when I was working in sales jobs um, after I got on the show, people would recognize me even over the phone people would recognize me and i was always so scared of that becoming an how, internet headline how would that become an internet headline though well when your book came out oh when your book came out there was a headline and it had a picture of me um like i it was kind of like a, a joke type picture like ironic because i think it was for um, New Year's and I was holding like two bottles of alcohol in my hand and just kind of like looking like this in a, in a wife beater and there was a picture of it and that's what they used for this article online where it said, oh. you know, Doug, um, it was it was something, it was almost like clickbaiting where it was just like uh, like booze and substance abuse and then it was like that and um, I remember, remember one of the managers from iSims where I worked sent that article to my brother and said, this may be bad for business. Wow. Yeah. And, um, you know, like that was always, that was always the hesitation of making it public. Um, because Which I don't so think sad because it is. That is just so sad. It is. And my, you know, my first reaction, how can you ever share your real Anytime somebody and I, you know, we talked about this on a previous episode when, when we went to some event and, and somebody told me that I looked real skinny and I got super defensive and, and, um, I was offended by it, but it was like, you know, like that's, that was always my reaction. You know, like I was just like, well, tell him to mind his own effing business, you know, like, you know, tell him to read the article, tell him to read my wife's yeah. book. And here I am just trying to like justify <laughs> the the title and trying to justify you know well that's not really it and it's almost like you know like and and you know when when haters would reach out you know i even said it to you a couple times just like well you know what are you trying to do are you going to have them over for thanksgiving are you going to you know turn this person over but you know like i always wanted to defend myself and i always 
saw it as, you know, you know, I think probably a weakness. Um, you know, and you mean the addiction? Yeah, the addiction part of it, like, you know, and just not wanting to admit it or openly talk about it. Yeah. Um, just because I didn't you, you never know how it would be received. Um, and it was just like time and time again where, you know, you sort of inch your way out of the door, but then something happens and you just close it again right away because, you, you know, you either you're not ready or the people you're around are not ready or you think they're not ready. But really it comes down to just you not being ready because, exactly. because just like you said, Doug, like but you they're going to judge anyways. Yeah, you made it. You made it okay for me to talk about. How did I do that? Your reaction to it and how you handled it and and just your demeanor and and acceptance like that like that made it okay for me to share because like you're I know I'm getting a little teary eyed. I wasn't expecting this. Cuz you you matter to me most. And I knew if I had that, like, that's all that mattered. That's nuts, though. I can't believe I matter to you that much. That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you did, you did more for me in, in that part than, yeah. But I, I honestly, like, I'm just sitting here and I'm literally, like, thinking Jesus because somehow he softened my heart towards my mom. Like, you know, like, I... Like I somehow, I don't know how this happened where, cause I was so bitter for so long, mm-hmm. but like somehow he, I don't well, you had, know how you had, happened. You had kids and realized yeah. how hard one kid was. And you yeah, were like, my mom like, had to deal with five. five? Like what? <laughs> yeah. And she had no support in a men that mm-hmm. beat her and all these things. And I'm like, geez, like sure. She kind of, you know, left us and abandoned us, but like who was there for her? And yeah. like in, in this world, you got to have a support system, you know? And, um, and so I think that I really believe though that God softened my heart because I was bitter for so long and I just I just really kept my mom at Oh, and it showed. Oh, I was so bitter just because she the things she did really were so incredibly hurtful for not only just me but my siblings and then being their guardian watching yeah. them be hurt over and over and over again by our mother. But was you like, had every right to be bitter. Like your reaction and your feeling like you know, it's it, it wasn't a normal situation. So, you know, like, I just hope you don't think that that, that you, like your bitterness was a poor reaction or you, well, you question part of me just your actions. Like no one ever, like no one ever, now that I'm an adult and I look back and I'm like, man, no one ever loved my mom unconditionally. Like yeah. and all she ever wanted all her life was just someone to love her unconditionally. And I'm like, man, but I guess I feel like God has really shown me that in the sense that I can maybe try to do that now. And it doesn't mean like, you know, I got to have the boundaries and all that for our kids and for myself. But, but I, but I feel like God truly has like, I mean, this is definitely not something I did because yeah. I just didn't have, I mean, I was so depressed and had my own issues and I don't know what's happened, but I feel like I've been praying more and, you know, just like believing and having faith more. And it's just amazing. And I feel like that 
me accepting my mom and kind of understanding, like, I feel like it's twofold, like the yeah. way, and then in that, like, like my heart softening for her helped me receive like the extent of your addiction, I guess. And like the fact that you hid it from me for so long, but then simultaneously me knowing like how great of a person you are and how much, and like how you're not at all that person now, like, you know, yeah. like that, like, I needed to know that before you could tell me that anyways, because otherwise how could I, if I didn't know you that well, I yeah, wouldn't want to take been, that risk. That would have been the label. Yeah. Know, that been. It would have been awful. And so it's like twofold yeah. for me because also seeing how great you are now after being sober for pretty much our, like our whole marriage, you have more on, than our whole marriage. Yeah, yeah. You've been on the medication. So you've been sober our whole marriage. And so, but also taking the medication. So for me, I'm like, it just kind of helps me realize that even with my mom who is still battling, you know, she's trying her best and I will love her truly. Like, yeah. I just think the woman deserves love at this point, regardless of what she's doing. And so I will love her no matter what, but it helps me kind of have hope that maybe, cause I never had hope for my mom before. It kind of gives me a little hope that maybe if she had some support and medication that the old her that I remember could kind of yeah. come back. But, you know, we'll see. <laughs> yeah. And, and either way, I'll just love her. And, um, and she, I, yeah. you know, she knows that. Yeah, no, I know. She knows that now. But, I mean, it, it was some rough times. Yeah. I don't even know how we got there. But that was our, that was our, yeah. yeah and, you know, I, I really do want to just say thank you to those of you listening uh, who've been here for us. I mean, really, we have had the thick, the thick of it and the thin of it all shared and shown on display yeah. for the past nearly 10 years and like you pretty with us everything. right now it, it, it pretty it makes me think of the taylor swift song forgive me i'm such a taylor swift fan but her song <laughs> reputation and how you know we have a we have a bad reputation right now like it's not, not necessarily bad but like like you said when the book when my book came out and like I just feel like, and then like when I was like, go from married at first sight and my depression and it's just like, and I feel like my marbles were gone. It's not like we were on cloud nine. It's not like we have been on cloud nine yeah, over here, no. like succeeding at everything in life. We've really been in the thick of it. And you right now listening, I mean, it means the whole wide world to me because to both of us, to yeah. both of us, because you're with us during our low right now in life and we're only going to go higher and we're going to take you with us. Yep. I promise you like the people who are with you and stand by you when you're at your lowest in life, they're the ones that you're going to take with you when you're at your highest and you're going to yes. celebrate with them. And I'm taking you there with me. And if you see us out, make sure you say hello. Yes. We absolutely love meeting you and saying hello. Yes. And before we wrap up though, yeah. um, there's one thing that I wanted to clear up um, because uh, and this is mostly for a lot of people that um, a lot of people that saw that I was going on a night scuba dive. Oh uh, yes, Doug has been wanting online. to be able to update. So, you. Yes, um, so I don't know if you want to share the reasons why you don't want to scuba dive anymore. Um, we don't have like to go into it. That I mean, might have be, to be for the next okay. episode because yeah, it's taken. It's, it's kind of funny. I got to um, go with our kids soon. Yeah, so, it's not funny at all. It's really scary. I, actually, well, it's, it's scary if you think about it for, from. Uh, overhead it is point of view. Really it's really scary. It's little, yeah, but um, I found someone that. I found someone. Yeah, I found someone that goes, not just goes scuba diving, but was a scuba dive um, instructor. And I've always had this idea of wanting to go scuba diving at night. 
one because I feel like it's it's terrifying, but exciting and exhilarating and just something that I want wanted to do. Um, and it's almost like skydiving um, in a way, but I feel like it might be a little bit less um, risky <laughs> in a way. But so we there was this big buildup, and so we I meet him at the dive shop in the morning. And I was posting about it, and I realized that I never gave a conclusion to that story. Um, so we drove out there, and uh, I drove out there. I met him at the boat, and it was him and his wife uh, and I. And we, Which already sounds like a bad movie scene. I'm like, I know. is my husband coming back alive? We go at sunset, and um, I want to say it was about six miles offshore. He's dove there before. This is usually where he, he does his spear fishing. There's a reef that's out there. So we dock. It's still a little bit light out. And as the sun starts to set, that's when we start to gear up. Um, and that's when I notice my breathing's a little heavier. And I'm like kind of excited, but it was more nervous. And normally if, if you've gone scuba diving, like you put everything on and it's heavy. But you also have this uh, big tank of air and uh, what's called a BCD which is um, a buoyancy control device. So it fills with air, deflates to help you either go up to the surface or drop down. Normally, a lot of people will need weights strapped into the BCD. And anytime that I've gone, Jamie and I, we always have a, a belt too, like a weighted belt. So the last couple dives, I've had 22 pounds and 24 pounds of weights on me, which keeps me from, keeps from being, me, no, keeps me sinking. Yeah. So, um, cause sometimes you, it, you'll just stay up and if you don't have enough weight, there's no amount of air and breathing that'll allow you to get down. So, um, I'm wearing the wife's BCD and it's a new regulator. We get hooked up and I'm starting to go down the rope and it is pitch black. And all I can see is just the couple feet in front of me with my flashlight. And I start going down and I notice that I can't breathe. Uh, it's, it's almost like if you imagine breathing through a straw, and it was like really hard for me to go like to get air. So like I'm circling my wrist to, to get his attention because he already went down. Um, I pop up and the wife looks, she goes, are you okay? I go, I can't breathe out of this thing. Um, he pops up, he clears it for me and, and does it. He goes, okay. And he adjusted the, uh, the air intake in, in, on my tank. And so now we're going back down the anchor line and I'm pulling down the anchor line. This um, is the funny part trying to get down and uh, I let out all the air and everything. So I'm pulling down it's and I'm, I'm going down further. I'm, I'm clearing my nose, uh, which you have to do because your ears pop. Um, and I'm pulling down the rope and the rope turns into a chain, which is when you know that you're getting towards the anchor part um, that which sticks into the ground. should indicate that you're at the bottom yes. of the ground. Um, so now I'm like pulling and I'm just like, oh, okay. So I go to look up <laughs> to where so I was, like just to look around me. And the top of my head pops <laughs> on the surface of the water. Oh. I wasn't going down. I was pulling the anchor He's up. He's like clearing his I'm nose. On this the is top hilarious. of the water, the surface of the water. I think I'm like 10 feet down. I'm not. <laughs> and I can't get down. I could not sink whatsoever oh, man. i could not descend i let all but the, the air funniest out. part is and that you're like equal so when you blow out your nose it's, it's equalizing yeah. yourself and yeah. so you're supposed to do that when you're going real deep in water so that you don't get what's it called like pressure sickness or something of yeah, that nature well, it, yeah like and the, so he's like equalizing like, himself and yeah. he hasn't gone down he's like thinking he's going down real deep in the yeah. water but he hasn't left the surface but because it's <laughs> pit, because it's pitch black and when Sorry, you look is that down embarrassing? it's no, just funny no 
when you look down, no, because it, it is. It's. I think it's hilarious. Oh my god! Because when you look down into the water, um, you only see what's in, in you know, what's in your flashlight view. So everything looks like you could be however many feet down, and it all looked the same. And I just remember just popping my head up and being like, "Oh shit." <laughs> It's like, I'm not going down at all. <laughs> and so hilarious. he he comes up, uh, he's next to me, and he's I'm like, just like, I go, listen, I, I can't get down. He goes, and I was just like, I kind of I kind of thought this may happen, um, but it felt like I had enough weights on there, but he didn't have a belt. And so we had to cancel the dive. Um, so, but while we were swimming back to the boat, I did see a big group of fish swimming underneath us. Um, but it was like, I was snorkeling. How did you see a group of fish though? Because, um, on the boat, they had a light that was Uh, down, that was spotted down towards where the, um, the line was and where the anchor, where we were going down as kind of like a guide. And, um, so when we came up, I was just like, I, I, I can't get down. And he's like, well, release the air. And I was like, well, the air is released. And I just, I still can't get down. Um, so yeah, so that was the conclusion of the, uh, night dive that I had. And I do have to say, um, he, when we got towards the boat and on the back of the boat, like I kept saying, I was sorry. Um, because like I made this big build up, like I really wanted to go. Um, and I, there was just like things that happened that prevented it. But I was just like, I'm really God. sorry. And so he, I remember he looked at me and it was, it was the nicest way of saying this too, because he wasn't, he wasn't condescending. He wasn't like making a joke, but he was just like, he goes, you know what? I think, I think it's going to be better if we check out the area that we're going to dive during the daytime so you can see what's down there and you can see the path that we're going to take and then we'll do the night dive. Because I think he he either sensed that I was super nervous um, or just, you know, like just was unsure of myself um, and he didn't put me on blast for that. So I want to say, Ubi, thank you. Yeah, Ubi is his friend's name and um, like new friend. And yeah. yeah, so next week at the top of the episode, I'll tell you, I have to go run and grab Henley and Hendrix and then head to the gym. But um, next week uh, at the top of the episode, I'll tell you about why I I don't want to go scuba diving anymore. And I've been several times with Doug. I think I've been 10 times. And uh, something happened between the last time and the fact that I haven't done it again is like because of whatever happened and yeah. I'll tell you I haven't told anybody except like it'll be a good story only my husband and a couple of people because it's a little like kind of can't believe it happened kind of thing but um yeah I'll uh, tell you about that and <laughs> anyways thank you so much as always Doug it's magical Doug and his sound effects my <laughs> gosh uh thanks so much for being here with us we love you guys I hope you have a great week bye bye